Welcome to Neon City, where the lights are bright but darkness looms. Where Detective Jack Tracer spends his evenings investigating the strange, eerie, and unknown. What secrets lay hidden just beyond the street lamps? Find out on Neon Nights, the arcane files of Jack Tracer. When we last left our story, Mickey and Jack were headed off to Mickey's old precinct in pursuit of a locator that could help determine the whereabouts of Atticus Bell. Can they retrieve it? Or will they find themselves at the mercy of McQueen's mechanizations? Find out in part four of Ghosts from the Past. Along to the precinct. About 20 minutes without traffic. Why'd you stick around here after you left the force? I've got nowhere else to go. So, you and Scarlet... Uh... No offense to you, but could we maybe have a little bit of quiet time? I just... I need to think. Of course. Scarlet. I'd gotten so long without thinking about her, now I was surrounded by her. I suppose you're wondering how everything turned out? I didn't want it to be true, but it was the only thing that made sense. I rushed to her apartment. The whole city seemed like a blur. I was focused on the task at hand. I had to find the Vergodan. I loved her. Without the proof, I knew I would be sucked right back in. I could feel my heart pounding in my throat as I raced up her stoop. I fumbled to get the keys out of my pocket. to calm down. It was time to focus. Lucky for me, I was used to being in high-pressure situations. I took a few deep breaths and set off. I took it one room at a time. I started in the living room. I looked under the cushions, checked every book on the shelf. I even checked the inside of the fireplace. I was desperate. I checked the bathroom, nothing. The bedroom, nothing. The kitchen was last. I meticulously made my way through every nook and cranny. I looked everywhere. Nothing. That would be a good sign, right? No, I was still uneasy. I was exhausted. I lay down on the wooden floor and stared up at the ceiling. My breath was short and shallow. I felt myself finally start to relax. My hands, which were clenched into fists and resting on my stomach, began to unfurl. As the tension left them, they fell to my side and hit the wooden floor. Shite. Hollow. I knocked again. I rolled onto my side and I began to pry at the plank of wood with my fingertips. It was no good. I leapt to my feet and grabbed a butter knife. The tip of the knife fit perfectly between the edge of the hollow plank and the adjacent piece. I pried it open with little to no effort. Inside was a small box. On the inside of that was a baggie of dull yellow pills the size of my pinky nail. I opened the baggie to check the pills. Sure enough, 
The letters VDN were neatly carved on each and every single one of them. I quickly pocketed the pills. That's when I noticed them. Photographs. The first was a picture of myself standing with a woman. She was beautiful. Behind us was a large wooden house, freshly painted. We stood next to a a sign that said sold. I flipped the picture over and discovered the sentence, Mickey and Margot's first home. Margot. I felt a pressure rise up in my chest. It's like my body knew this photo, but my mind raced to put the pieces together. I picked up the rest of the photos and looked through them all. Birthdays, smiling faces, memories. My memories. And yet I couldn't remember a single one. After that, I sat on the couch, the pills in my pocket, the pictures in my hand, and waited You don't look so hot. Everything okay? I don't feel so hot. I hope you're not coming down with anything. Let me feel your head. Stop. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I went to the doctor today. They did a blood test. Apparently, someone's been slipping me some degenerative memory pills. These, to be exact. Why would someone want to give me those, Scarlet? I don't know. Don't lie to me. Mickey, I... What's behind your back? These? They appear to be photos of me. Moments from my life. But the thing is, I can't seem to remember any of them. Why? Why would you do this to me, Scarlet? I thought you loved me. Why would you do this? I do love you, Mickey. I'm so sorry. I'm... I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You have to know I was doing it for you. Who is this woman? Margot, who is she? We're standing in front of a house. Who is she, Scarlet? Mickey, please. Who is she? Your wife! I have a wife? Had. You had a wife. She died in an accident back in Limerick, before you moved here. Jesus Christ! Scarlet! No! No, 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 no! Why would you do this? You were in so much pain, I couldn't stand to see you that way. I I just wanted to help you feel better. I did it for you! I was grieving, Scarlet! Of course I was hurting. It's what you do. And you stole that from me. You stole her from me. I was trying to help you, I swear. That's all I was trying to do. I love you, Mickey. Bullshit. Help me. Yes, help you. I thought I was doing the right thing, I swear. Right. Because that's what you do. You help the less fortunate, right? The dead rose. Help the little guy. Mickey. That's shite, Scarlet. You're a monster. You took my memories away. You took away an entire part of me to suit your needs. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're no protector of the innocent. You're a fraud. You are shite. You're no rose. You protect nothing but yourself. I felt a rage rise inside of me unlike anything I'd ever felt in my entire life. Before I knew what I was doing, I lunged for the blade. No! Took it in my hands and struck it against the fireplace with every bit of my strength. In an instant, the blade shattered. Only a jagged edge remained. Scarlet fell to her knees and began sobbing. (sighs) I should have felt something. Pity, shame, remorse. But I felt nothing for her in that moment. You have broken my heart, Scarlet. 
You're no better than McQueen. I never want to see you again. Live with that. I left the apartment and never looked back. Sometimes I wonder if I cursed her. If I forced her to become the monster she is now. She stole my life from me. Who knows what, what could have happened if she hadn't given me those pills. If I was allowed to go through the grieving process on my own terms. Even now the image of Margot is fuzzy. I don't know if she'll ever fully come back to me. I quit the police force that day. I had a small nest egg so I opened my bar. It's not much. But I chose it. Hello listeners, Will Snyder here of Neon Knights, The Arcane Files of Jack Tracer, and it's time for another edition of our audio drama spotlight. This time we're once again taking a look at Roswell, B.C. Here is Boyd Barrett to tell you all about it. Imagine a mashup of Detective Noir Intergalactic conflict, time travel, tales of the Old West, stories of the birth of rocket technology, comedy, and a sprinkle of romance. Hard to imagine? Maybe so, but not impossible. Roswell, B.C., Before the Crash, is an audio drama which follows the space and time travel adventures of an alien detective as he helps his latest client find her brother, a brother last seen two galaxies away and headed for Earth. More specifically, a place called Roswell and the year 1947. And if you would like to be on a future audio drama spotlight, shoot us an email at neonnightspodcast at gmail.com or you can send us a direct message on Twitter at Jack underscore Tracer. And now, back to Neon Knights, the arcane files of Jack Tracer. Saint is around the corner. We'll hide the car here just in case. You sure you don't want to wait here? We're in this together. Okie dokie then. Here we go. Look, you're my cousin visiting from Limerick. Try not to talk. At all. I'll talk for you. When in doubt, just say I, okay? I. Perfect. Well, not perfect, but it'll do. We're here. Are you ready? Oi! Lord be with us. The officers in the station look eerily human. The building lacked any sort of color or imagination. I couldn't picture Mickey ever existing here. We walked up to the front desk and were immediately greeted. State your name and purpose. Ex-Officer Mickey Flynn. When I terminated my position, I left a necklace. It was given to me by a close relative. It means a lot to me and I'd love to retrieve it. Who is your companion? This. This is my cousin, Finian Flynn. He's visiting from Limerick. 
If you tell me where you left your trinket, I can retrieve it for you, ex-officer Mickey Flynn. You know what? Uh, I was hoping to show me cousin the old stomping grounds. I'd love to show him the place and how amazing it is since the Black Jackets took over. What do you say? I think that can be arranged. You will need an escort. That's not necessary. I don't want to trouble you. I'm, I'm sure you have plenty of work to do. It is procedure. Wait here while I acquire an escort. We'll wait here then. Thank you so much. What do we do now? Everything is fine. Stay on your toes and be ready for anything. Mickey remained calm. If she was nervous, she sure as hell didn't show it. As for me, my heart was beating out of my chest. I hoped the pounding wouldn't give me away. Ex-Officer Flynn, this is Officer McAllister. He'll escort you to your trinket. Where was it left? I left it in the lab. I believe it fell behind the desk. I'm hoping it'll still be there. We normally would not allow civilians into the lab, but seeing as how you're an ex-officer and it's a slow day, I think we can make an exception. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to meet you, ex-officer Flynn. I don't believe I was here while you were employed. I thank you for your service. It's nice to meet you. And you are her cousin? Oi! Are you enjoying your time in the country? Oi! Neon City is a magical place. Max McQueen has done wonderful things for the city. He most certainly has. Your cousin is not much of a talker. Uh, no, he's not. My apologies. He works on our family farm back home, and, uh, well, a few years ago, a cow kicked him right in the head, and he has not been right since then. I understand. Here we are. Let me get the door. Officer McAllister leaned down and stared directly into the lock on the door. To the untrained eye, it was just a normal lock, but not here. A red beam shot out of McAllister's eye and directly into the lock panel. After a moment, the door popped open. Looks like we would have needed an escort after all. I wonder what Mickey had up her sleeve. I think we can take it from here. I have to remain with you at all times. It's protocol. Right. Protocol. You first, Officer McAllister. Thank you, ex-Officer Flynn. Get the door tracer. As I closed the door behind us, Mickey jumped into action. Out of her sleeve came a long screwdriver. The end was sharpened into a fine point. Mickey jammed it into the back of McAllister's neck. He began to short out, but not before Mickey used his body to slam into a locked case. The case housed numerous gadgets. Mickey reached in and pulled out a small locator. McAllister fell to the ground and began twitching violently. It was unsettling. For a moment, my mind wandered back to Sarah. She was a robot, and yet... I couldn't shake the feeling that a human life was lost. Why do they have to look so real? Listen, Jack, 
We've about 20 seconds to get out of this room before a whole lot of pissed off robots come crashing in. Follow me. Should we leave the officer like that? Jack, he's not real. Right, but I mean... I'll take care of it. What are you doing? There's a, there's a kill switch located on the panel on the back of their necks. It'll shut them right down. Now, let's go. Mickey leapt onto a round table in the middle of the room. From there, she grabbed onto a hanging pipe and pulled herself up. I followed. We traversed the pipe with only the strength of our upper bodies. I always considered myself to be in good shape, but I couldn't move like that. What she liked in brawn, she made up for in agility. Mickey barely broke a sweat. At the end of the pipe was a vent. Mickey managed to pull herself up enough to kick the vent open and pull herself inside. Adrenaline allowed me to do the same. The vent led into an alley. Mickey ran as soon as her feet hit the ground, and I followed. Get in. Getaway cars have become my thing. Can't say I'm not glad to see you. I had a feeling things would go horribly wrong. Thank you. You're welcome. Did you get it? We did. Mickey was amazing. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Scarlet, just keep driving as far away as you can. I can't stay with you. I've got some meetings lined up this afternoon. I've got a show. Right. Can't have anyone thinking your turn good, right? <laughs> Just pull into this alley here. I'll take over. Good luck. Scarlet. Thank you. You're welcome. Jack, take over driving. You got it. We just have to insert the piece as we pulled out to your back here, and the locator will do the rest. Now, because your DNA is attached to the pieces, some of your locations may pop up as well. We'll have to rule those out. Your blood may be a bit stronger than his essence, but if any two people are going to be able to pull off this challenge, I have a feeling it's you and I. Absolutely. What's it say? Did it work? Yeah. We have quite a few locations here. It's a good start, Mickey. It's a good start. Jack is back on track and hot on the heels of Atticus Bell. With the help of Mickey Flynn and Scarlet, things are finally looking up. Will Jack be able to locate Atticus Bell in time? Or will McQueen foil his plans again? Find out next time on Neon Knights, the Arcane Files of Jack Tracer. Neon Knights, the Arcane Files of Jack Tracer was co-created by Will Snyder and Rachel Craig in his Evil Kitten production. Please visit us online at evilkittenproductions.com. The episode, The Case of the Ghosts from the Past, was written by Amanda Foreman and directed by Sarah Sarka. Our theme song is done by Daniel Carl, with additional music by Kevin McLeod and Dr. Saxlove. Jack Tracer is played by Will Snyder. Scarlet is played by Rachel Craig. Mickey Flynn is played by Amanda Foreman. The receptionist bot is played by Sarah Sarka. And Officer McAllister is played by David Bennett. 
with narration by John Patrick Wenzel. Please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Neon Knights Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Jack underscore Tracer. We also have a Patreon. Please consider supporting us. We have tiers and rewards that can fit any budget. We'd like to thank our current patrons, Laurie Snyder, Suzanne Craig, Brett Fleming, Brian Veerling, Destry Cloud, Mike Callahan, Mike Troop of The Earth Collective Story, Alex of Audio Drama Rama, Joyetta Sarka, Juden Keith of Kalo Zahn, Janan and Sarah of Saffron and Perry, and Austin Beach of Audio Oblivious Productions. And finally, please consider giving us a rating and a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks for listening. <laughs>